1: At how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword PARTNER.
2: Twin City sports fans,
1: hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going
2: the distance.
0: He's going for speed. The 1-2 pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins, fires. A perfect game.
2: history
1: to the o2 a bouncer ruiz
0: in time roy halliday
1: has thrown a no hitter
3: roy halliday is uh much of a stud innings pitcher as we've had in about 20 years right? wouldn't you say i Mm -hmm. mean that guy would go nine and not even think about it and the no-no First playoff. Uh, was that was the, the
4: NLDS game NLDS one against the Reds. Game one against in the 2010. Reds 2010. Right? The same the year he threw that the Three, perfect the game. Perfect game in uh, uh,
3: Miami. And uh, he was uh, all those innings uh, finally got to him. Uh, he died today uh, in a plane crash in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, he was uh, they uh, apparently stationed in Tampa these days. He bought this little plane. It's called an Icon Five or something. A little jet. Uh, no, not a jet, but a little fast little airplane, one seater, a lightweight thing and uh he grew up apparently fascinated mm-hmm. with flight because his dad was a pilot, and uh he always wanted to do it. he didn't do it when he played, but he uh, he had bought this plane and this this icon outfit there's we you saw he got a bunch of promotional videos mm-hmm. with uh Roy his Twitter or, uh, account is Roy filled Halliday, with uh yeah. yes and uh and there's a tweet. Uh, one of his, his Twitter account includes him uh, uh, saying something about telling his father that when you fly low over the water in this plane, it's like it has to be like flying a fighter jet because it's the, the, the thrill of it. And uh, somehow he lost it today. Something happened on this little plane today and he uh, crashed crashed in the Gulf. But it sounds like. Just reading this stuff and looking at his Twitter account that he was a fanatic for it. He just loved it.
1: Well, and I, I read an account, too, in which that said, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he became obsessed with this because it was a former teammate of his that just said, when Roy's heart was in something, he outworked everybody, whether mm-hmm. it was pitching or whatever. He just, he was a... He, he was, was an
3: obsessive fella.
1: Exactly. Right? And, yes. uh, well, he was
3: obsessed with this. But he was a stud. There's no doubt about it as a pitcher. How many did he end up winning? I was... 205. I 205. Oh. Ah, uh, might be a little shy. I always I always looked at him as a borderline Hall of Famer, you know. We, we're we, we going to have to change the old 300 standard, mm-hmm. right, to get yep. guys in the Hall of Fame. But a lot of Jack Morris in him, really. I, I, I would almost put those two guys in the same uh, category, although Halliday might have, you know, had better numbers. Did he get a, a ring with nominate. the Phillies?
4: Huh? Did, no. Or was
3: that before he got there?
4: He was still with Toronto when the
1: Phillies won okay. in 08, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I know he's won two Cy Youngs, but I couldn't remember if he won a ring or not with the Phillies. The year that they beat Tampa.
3: Yeah, he was. Uh, so, where do you win his Cy Youngs?
1: One in Toronto Winning? and one in Philadelphia. Philadelphia.
3: Not many guys have won them in both leagues yeah. either. But, yeah. uh, you know, I've I just chanced to talk to him in groups a couple of times. Real straightforward, professional kind of guy, but I know all the guys that covered him thought he was great. 40 years old, uh, family man, and. Uh, Wife and uh, two kids. Yeah, it's. Uh, but he. Uh, so, we. Uh, the, the most famous uh, before today plane crash involving a, ba- uh, a uh, baseball player was when Thurman Munson, the yeah. great Yankee catcher, still active, uh, was flying home on a day off and crashed uh, somewhere in Ohio, near Columbus, was it? Uh, somewhere near his home in, o- uh, in Ohio. And uh, that, was a, that was kind of an old beater type of plane that he owned. And then, of course, Corey Lytle, we were talking about that today i yeah. uh, crashed into the building and uh off the east river and uh in new York in 2006
1: and uh they were teammates weren't they Halliday and Corey Lytle? i think
3: they Toronto? played i think
1: they played together might have been yeah i don't know but uh never uh, I,
3: I didn't follow Corey's career too closely he he moved around a little bit right I was trying to figure out how Corey could afford a plane because the car, the plane that crashed into into uh, the, the building in New York. He owned it, but he had an instructor with him that trying to teach him more about flying, and they hit
4: that building. And they, were, they were teammates in 2003. At wow. Littles really? With the Blue yeah. Jays in
3: 2003. Way to go there. That was almost a Manny Hill memory Thank you there for you, Reaver. <laughs> you
1: know, and I'm that. looking at Roy's uh, career numbers, too, and, yeah, he did win two so Youngs. but I think what's even more impressive is he finished second twice and finished third twice. How many years
3: did he lead? Now, if you look at baseball reference, Mm-hmm. How many years did he lead his league in innings? How many bowled the innings One, lead? two,
1: three, four times. Four times. Twice the... in the American League and twice in the National what were League.
3: His, what were his innings total?
1: Uh, the first one was 2 He threw 239.1. Yeah, you don't see that too often. How about this? In 2003, 266 innings. That's old time. That's, Bert oh,
3: That's old time country there. 260s. How two, many complete games with that? Nine.
4: Nine Nine complete games. He had nine complete games in a season four different times. Wow.
1: 67 complete games for his career. Mm -hmm. And 267, and then what were his other leading? 246 in 08 and 250 in 2010. So
3: you got to, ladies and gentlemen, put this in 2000, this century's context. Yeah. Those are 315 inning seasons. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Those are like Dean Chance the year he pitched 303 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's 267 today uh, is 325.
1: Now, you know. I, the last year he was with the Phillies in 2013, now help, help me here because he probably could have come back and pitched. I know he had some arm issues, but was he completely cooked? Is that why he I didn't? Or was it just it was. a case of.
3: I don't know. He's he, he, I, 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 I was trying to recall that, why he decided to hang it. Uh, maybe he just. Maybe he just only wanted to be great, huh? Maybe he it could be one of those. Maybe yeah, he didn't want to be of, mediocre.
1: Huh? Could be one of those guys. So too. he
3: would have been done when then At 36, thirty six uh, when he was so.
1: in twenty thirteen was his last year with the Phillies. Three thirty eight career ERA. He was a That's stud, man. Uh,
3: That's pretty good. You know, good. when Munson died, in uh, now that was in the summer. They uh, they put him on the Hall of Fame ballot that year. That year they uh, wow not Am I right? Or maybe they didn't. I know they did Clemente when he died. He was a sure. cinch, obviously. Excuse me. Obviously. But Munson never made it. Munson never made sure. it. And the Hall of Fame. He was damn good.
1: You know, and the, I think the uh, reason that a lot of the Twins fans, and myself included, really liked Roy, is he owned the Yankees. <laughs> you right. know, Toronto, he was on some pretty mediocre to bad Toronto teams. And yeah. the Yankees, the good Yankee teams would go in there and Roy would just own that lineup. Yeah,
3: Roy Halliday dead, at age uh, 40, he crashed uh, a little single-seat plane that's a brand-new Icon A5 uh, one-seater uh, plane that was uh, really, uh, it's a sporty-looking thing, and he was their guy that they were using to kind of promote the thing, crashed today in the Gulf of Mexico and died uh, outside of... Uh, uh, off the off the uh, shores of uh, Tampa, apparently he must have been living in Tampa. So uh, Clearwater, you know the mm-hmm. Phillies up there with the Phillies. A lot of guys go to Clearwater and work out with the Phillies, and they fall in love with that part of the the bay there. So unfortunate, Roy Halliday dead today at age forty. We'll be back.
2: Uh, Wrestling, sexiest superstar, Rick Flair.
3: Wrestling his
4: love. Then it became.
1: He got really wound up in it. He could have his fantasy world and his family on the side.
4: What if I told you his life was never an act?
1: I'm the best of nature boy!
3: A new 30 for 30 tonight. I think uh, I saw 10 o'clock Eastern. Does that mean 9 o'clock here? Or do you we bet run it does. It? Yep. Do we run it at the same time they do? I guess uh, 9 o'clock here. Nature Boy, uh, the story of Edina's own Ric Flair, uh, the uh, 30-30 documentary that's going to be an hour and a half. It's a 90-minuter, uh, and it's got to be pretty good because they go deep. I think they started off uh, trying to do one on Rick as as the wrestler, the showman, and they end up uh, getting into uh, the screwed up life this guy had. Oh. But, uh, but then I wonder how many wrestlers have not had those. There you know, aren't too many, many that have had le- to, le- that have led normal but, lives. But uh, he uh, he ended up having a lot of issues as far as uh, uh, you know. He's, uh, he went through with several wives, and uh, he, he had a lot of problems. He said, uh, I, I was reading a piece by a guy named Rory Karp on ESPN today, and uh, he said he grew up a huge wrestling fan in the uh, 1980s. His dad took him to see Ric Flair May Fourth, 1986. He was wrestling uh, Ricky Morton for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I was a little kid, eight years old. I kind of pushed and shoved my way down to the aisle as Flair was walking down to the ring. I remember I held up my four fingers up and gave him a loud woo. <laughs> he actually turned right at me and stared. I'll never forget what he says. Don't woo at me, you little brat. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep that uh, that image going. But uh, Rick has had uh, many uh, drug problems, drinking problems, uh, issues. Uh, philandering problems, all that good stuff. But uh, there is no uh, denying uh, that uh, probably one of the top five all time, huh? as far as uh, popularity. Oh, yeah. Popularity. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of things in the uh, interview. One of them is flair on whether or not wrestling is real. It's not fake. It's choreographed. We started using the word choreographed probably in the last 15 years. Uh, how he got to be so good at throwing a punch that didn't connect. I hung a string in the doorway, and I hit that string as hard as I could for three years until it didn't move. How he sells a match. I enhanced other people's offensive skills. If a guy (laughs) takes you over in a headlock, you just lay there. Nobody gives a bleep. If you're kicking your feet and your body's moving, people in the audience, they follow the action. If they think it hurts, you better make them believe it hurts. On his obsession with women, he has four ex-wives. Let me tell you something. If you're wrestling and you're in Hutchinson, Kansas, and you're going to spend the night there, I'm going to find something to do. I'm not going through that <laughs> night by myself. <laughs> so uh, Apparently, it's extremely candid and extremely well done.
1: You me. know, one thing I didn't realize until I was reading a bit about this today, I did not know he played football for the Gophers. Uh, was he... Uh, did he ever actually play? Well, I, he Maybe he was out? just on a roster. I, but I didn't never knew that he was associated with the team. Did uh, you know that? Well...
3: Uh, no, I didn't really know he was ever on the roster. I, can I can't remember that. him playing. What was his, his That's what real I'm trying name. To find His yeah. real name was Richard Flair, F-L-I-E-H-R, uh, but uh, better known as Rick Flair. But he started here with AWA with Vern. Vern and the boys trained him and got him going, yep. as as so many of them did. He attended Ganya's first wrestling camp with—this is a pretty good class, right? First one, 1972— Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, the Iron Sheik, and Ken Patera at (laughs) Gagne's Barn (laughs) outside Minneapolis in the winter of 1971. On December 10th, 1972, he made his debut in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, battling George Scrap Iron Gadaski. Oh, man. I bet he won. Ten-minute draw. Ric Flair's career started... With a 10-minute draw with scrap iron. Holy cow. <laughs> wow, I guess they didn't know he was going to be a star then, huh?
1: Richard he, uh, Flair was a member of the 1969 Minnesota Golden Gophers football team.
3: Uh, do we know if he ever got on the field?
1: He was an offensive lineman. I'm trying to find if he ever did mm-hmm. uh, get some playing time or not.
3: Well, uh, I would think that uh, this will be a well... Oh, You know, God. the 30-30s. This be fantastic. They're all great, The 30-30s yeah. are so well done, and this one I'm sure will... Uh, well, where, when, uh, Manny, you're more into it than I was. I, I'm an old time AWA guy, but uh, when was he at his zenith? Well, him and Hulk, I, probably did him and Hulk in different groups, or did uh, him and Hulk well, ever go well, against Rick each other? Rick kind of bounced
4: back and forth between, you know, the WWF at the time and WCW. I mean, WCW is when he like really he was really became a star he, he was he was always I big mean, in the was,
3: south right yeah I mean, uh, yeah the and, old nwa and then the NWCW. yeah and professionally
4: he was always built from from uh charlotte north carolina yeah, right yeah and he's he's got a daughter now who's in wwe now charlotte
3: oh or um, charlotte flair or is
4: it, yeah. Uh, they, yeah but they, oh, they just she just, just goes by ridden. charlotte yeah didn't,
3: somebody just got fired right was that her I don't think it was her. WWE just fired.
4: I think fired, she's still uh, there. I've I seen the. But WWE. she's been. She's like one of the top women's wrestlers in WWE now, okay. and, and all that. But yeah, I mean, he WCW wrestling, you know, rivalry with uh, with Sting and Hogan and and all those guys, and had some had headlined some uh, some WrestleManias and stuff too back in like the '80s and '90s too. So back to that, he, r- was, uh, he was a mega star
1: pat back to the your uh, your original lineup for the uh, the camp or whatever you, you uh, that you were laying out earlier mm-hmm. could you imagine being in the behind the scenes with those guys at that young of an age how wild they must have been even back then
3: well I, or you, you, you don't know, think as much I, I don't know what because they were trying to learn the sport and I they suppose always, you know it was a barn and they were out there in the middle of the winter in Minnesota <laughs> and Vern was known as not the big spender. He might had a little coal burner <laughs> Sure, but, right. Yeah. But yeah, I've talked to those guys about it, Greg and Bronzel, and they were freezing to death out there, man. They were out there learning And they were working. Learning how to learn learning how to wrestle, learning how to make the moves. But Vern started fifty percent of these guys back in the day, the huge guys. Hal Hogan, he started, you know, he started all of them. So but Rick Flair that uh, tonight, uh thirty thirty. Uh, I haven't watched a good new one lately. Have they had a good new
1: one? The, what was o'clock? the one that we were just talking about the other day? Was it with Morris, maybe, or Morris and, and Murph? I forget, but there was one mm. recently that wasn't bad. But you're right. It's. they Because they, they had. My God, they had a. There was about, a
4: stretch of. Oh. There was like a two or three year stretch where they were just throwing they them They were out cranking their, like, them out left and right. Yeah, yes. They were great.
3: Yeah. It's. Uh, you have to. You know, you gotta. There's a million stories out there, but you gotta get. You gotta pick the right one, right?
1: and you gotta you tell know? it yeah. the right way. Yeah, because they had the, the the stretch where they went from the the Bo Jackson one into the the one about the Big East Conference and yeah. broke. Oh, well, the really
3: broke good. one was broke great. Was great. great. I love. I, I wanted to send Keith McCants twenty dollars. I love Keith <laughs> oh McCants. He was my favorite ever. Had to have
1: that Hummer, man. He had, had fifty thousand left. Had 50 that was after it. He
3: paid off his child support <laughs> to keep himself out of jail. He had fifty three grand. He, he and just had to have that. Driving Hummer, home, he saw that gold Hummer and said. I gots and, to have and, me that and, <laughs> and, and Humber, man, and he was so disgusted with himself. That was he was the one guy who was disgusted with himself. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, mm, man.
3: He would. He didn't make Bernie
4: Kozar was just talking about it like it was just yeah, like yeah. This is what I did. Bad d- situation. D- I don't
3: know. I as an old AA guy. I think Bernie drank. You think so? Bernie kind of had that look to me, like he might have a jug of gin every day or something like that. Man, he had <laughs> right
1: before kickoff. Yeah, he had the bad look to him. Maybe that's the Browns thing, because didn't Gordon just announce yeah, yesterday Gordon that he had
3: basically a... did every day, right? Yeah, before every day every, yeah. he did something every. We'll practice, have to ask Morris. Day.
4: Well, because Morris played in Cleveland, Mike played in Cleveland. I wonder if he played with Bernie Kosar. In Cleveland. Him I bet him he had to no, Oh, Yeah, I'll ask him about. I'll have to ask Bernie. Star that.
3: I was there for the uh, Bernie's moment, though, man. Uh, When they beat Nebraska, that's the best. Was that the Orange Bowl? Best college football game I ever saw. He was a freshman then. He was going to be great. Yeah, Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Howard Schnellenberger, man. He was as much of a BSer as this guy, but he was more fun because he. You know, he declared everything south of Orlando and south to be the state of Miami. You know, that the, the Florida and Florida State could have the northern half, but everything from Orlando south was the state of Miami, Howard Schnellenberger.
1: So Schnellenberger wouldn't say— To grow, you must fail. <laughs> no, no. He wouldn't do no.
3: that? He, to grow, you have to kick somebody's ass. That's what he was said. That, was,
4: that, was Schnellenberger coaching at Florida Atlantic when they, when they kicked Bruce behind? Was he there? Bruce? first year in 07. Yeah, they went they down to Florida it, Atlantic. And, and they
3: moved it to uh, the bigger stadium, right? They moved it to, to, they, to, to Dolphin Robbie, Stadium, yeah. And they drew like 2,800 people I think, or something. I think Schnellenberger was coaching them. He was, right. he was he still? With the, he was still coaching wow, yeah. I guess I didn't realize that. They didn't that. let him use the pipe on the sideline anymore, though. Back in the day <laughs> when he was coaching <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the Canes, he had the pipe on the sideline. Because
1: Jimmy took over for him, right, at Miami? Jimmy yeah. Johnson. Yeah,
3: yep. he went to a team that never got off the ground. He went to the USFL That's team. That's right. The, uh, yeah, Miami went, sharks, are fighting, <sighs> sharks or fighting screaming as fighting sharks. Because
4: it went Howard and Jimmy yes. and Dennis Erickson, right? Mm-hmm. And then who took over for Dennis? Was that would, would have been
1: a, was uh, Butch Butch Davis Butch Davis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, Dennis, that's Dennis was the greatest. Dennis was the best of all. He had no rules. No.
1: <laughs> just stay alive, basically.
3: I, Dennis had no rules.
1: I remember man. now. It was uh, the Jim Kelly one that just came out. The Jim oh, Kelly okay. for yeah, yeah, 30 yeah. for 30. It's pretty okay. good. It, the problem is it's it, it gets real heavy with, because, you know, he lost his yeah, son right. at a young yeah. age. That was like, that's... Kind of tough to, to sit it's, sit and well, watch a guy go. Plus they did through.
3: the four falls of uh, the four four falls. Of right, falls that falls of was of basically about. Right isn't,
4: isn't it amazing though? All these ones we just talked about, how kind of connected they are. We we talked about okay, Jim Kelly yep. played at Miami. Yeah, Howard Schnellenberger. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about Bernie Kosar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all these all these ones are just so connected together. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I
3: still uh, there's been great ones. I love the Big East one though. Oh god, it's great. That histor- so was fantastic. What a historical picture it is that. Most people don't realize most most people grew up and thought the Big East existed. You know, they didn't know that Eastern everybody was an independent in the East, and they didn't really have a league, and there was no organization, and nobody cared about them, and it was uh, and now it's amazing. gone. To bring that and back, man. Gone. I miss Again. that. Yeah. All right, we shall return with a John Height Sports update, and then we're going to talk to Tom Chattel, the columnist from Omaha, on uh, what the level of angst is down there in Huskerville.
0: Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update is sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at (laughs) online.csp.edu. Roy Halladay, the two-time Cy Young award-winning pitcher who retired from baseball nearly four years ago, has died in a plane crash in the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of Florida. He was 40 years old. Pasco County Sheriff Chris Naco has had, held a press conference in the last half hour. He said Halladay's Icon A-5, a small single-engine aircraft, went down about noon today. Sheriff's Office Marine Unit responded to the downed plane and found Halliday's body. No survivors were found. They said they couldn't confirm whether there were additional passengers on the plane or say where it was headed. Where were they put them, John? Looking at the uh was it did it hold more than I, one body? I did see one picture of him flying with his uh with one of his kids. Oh, okay. So that was on his add, Twitter account. So. Two people. Halliday recently received his pilot's license and tweeted photos last month of a month of himself standing next to a new Icon A5. His Part of the Plains marketing campaign, Alladay, an eight-time All-Star, went 203 and 105 with a 3.38 ERA in his 16-year career with the Blue Jays and Phillies.
1: Uh, This from Mike Berardino of the Pioneer Press. Wow. Midway through Fall League game in Glendale, a fan asked a few scouts if Matt Holiday was okay, said there'd been a small plane crash. Ugh. Ex-Phillies pitcher Dickie Knowles hadn't heard, but said he hoped it wasn't Roy Holiday, a licensed pilot. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that's a tough way to find that out. Finalists for various awards announced by the Baseball Writers Association of America Paul Molitor of the Twins, one of three nominees to be American League Manager of the Year, A.J. Hinch of Houston, and Terry Francona of Cleveland, the other two. Uh, Former Twins minor league manager Doug Mankavich has a new job. He's been hired to manage the Tigers Triple A Farm Club in Toledo. Mankavich fired by the Twins as manager of the Fort Myers squad in September. Of this year, he managed five years in the Twins system.
3: I got to think uh Skipper Gardenhire probably put in a good word mm-hmm. for him. I
1: would think huh? that's a pretty good job too, right? The Triple A manager for the for well, the Toledos.
3: Uh, since they moved him back to A ball last year, I'd say you get a little more uh, plus year. You can go up and see the Tigers anytime you want to. It's an hour yeah. away, so
0: <laughs> that's good. Uh, did you see this UCLA basketball story? Oh, my no, God, like, this is hilarious. What, what? Three, well, I don't know if it's hilarious. Three UCLA men's basketball players, including Leangelo Ball, the younger brother of Lonzo Ball, were arrested in China just days before the season opening game against Georgia Tech in Shanghai. One source told ESPN the players, which also included freshman Cody Riley and Jalen Hill, were arrested on shoplifting charges. The players are being questioned in China about stealing from a Louis Vuitton store that's located next to the team's hotel. A source told ESPN the players were not currently with the team. Multiple calls and texts to UCLA head coach Steve Alford at about 1 a.m. local time were not returned. UCLA released a statement saying, We are aware of a situation involving UCLA student-athletes in China. university is cooperating fully with local authorities on the matter. One source told ESPN nearly 20 police officers came into the Hyatt Hangzhou for
1: a shoplifting?
3: This yeah, is, this is
0: China. Yeah, this is China. You uh, know
1: what they do? They
3: cut your hands off about, when you get caught shoplifting That's going to hurt his jump yeah. You know, <laughs> this, this
0: ball kid's never going to make it to the NBA without hands. Came in <laughs> to the hotel about 8 in the morning, spoke to multiple players from both Georgia Tech and UCLA. The players, according to the source, were kept in a room for hours, not allowed to speak to any of their See? coaches. China. There's different rules <laughs> over there. They got a little careful.
3: discipline over there, damn it. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. Uh, Tom Chattel from uh, the Omaha World uh, Newspaper will be with us. Tom Chattel is a columnist for the Omaha World Herald and uh, angst uh, going on down in uh, Nebraska. Four home losses, four and five overall. And uh, we got an AD telling us how good Scott Frost is. That, that had to shake things
2: up a little, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. He, uh, he said more. I counted; it was almost 200 words, and uh, I think he said about eight or ten about Riley. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, he was throwing raw meat to the uh, to the wolves around here. That that went over pretty well.
3: Tom, what is the best theory on what has happened to Nebraska football? I mean, the days of—I've uh, read some stuff that leaving the Big Twelve was a mistake. They lost some of their prime recruiting grounds. Uh, do you buy any of that? What uh, What's going on?
2: Well, I think a little bit, but you know, I think that they—they just—you uh, <laughs> got to hire a coach. You gotta—you hmm. got to have a good coach and. Uh, you know, you hire for, for the Pac-12, Oregon State, and they didn't really recruit great there. And I think and they've actually done a, a, a pretty good job recruiting, too. But they got out to L.A. And, and kind of planted their flag out there. And they've got a bunch of receivers and defensive backs. And I must know sure what a defensive back is going to do in the Big Ten West, except watch guys run past him. <laughs> um, you know? So, you know, the Big 12 thing. I don't really think it was – I think I just – the last guy, Pelini, I didn't like to recruit very much. And so I'm not sure what, if it mattered uh, where he was going to be coaching in. I think, at least from the fan the fan standpoint, and I think some of the media, we, we we underestimated the Big Ten. Over the the last you know, – I've been doing this for about 30 or 40 years, and – you know, we we always used to make fun of the Big Ten and uh, boring and stodgy and and I, you know, I never played for national championships and didn't have high draft picks and speed and all that stuff and and well, uh, I mean you get in here and every week there you know somebody's going to coach and they're going to play hard, they're going to hit the hell out of you and then it's 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 a lot it's, it's really good and solid football. In a lot of cases. And um, so, and they cut Nebraska in a place where they weren't very solid and they weren't very physical. They've lost their edge. So they got to get that back, and that's what's going to happen. after this season, I believe.
3: Well, they have had some strange athletic directors down there who made some strange hires going back to Bill Callahan. Oh, man. Going back to Bill Callahan. So you got rid of him, and then you got this other AD in and uh, coursed And, you know, you need somebody who knows what Nebraska is, don't you? You finally got a guy. Maybe Bill Moose uh, is, is the guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you
2: need somebody who knows
3: knows the territory, don't you?
2: Yeah, and uh, when they hired Moose, it was, oh, really, in Washington State? I think they are kind of hoping for uh, maybe, you know, a guy who's had a little more sense of football, but he's actually done very well in football. He was in Oregon when they started the uh, the whole Oregon thing with with Mike Pilati and Chip Kelly. He hired he helped hire Chip Kelly as offensive coordinator. Uh, he got him in their uniforms and and the offense and just kind of took off. So the guy played football at Washington State back in the 70s. He's an old offensive lineman. Uh, He's he's really took off. Uh, People love him. He's he's very personable. The last guy was the invisible man, and uh, basically didn't have any people skills. And this guy is the opposite. But around here, you're only as good as your football coach, so <laughs> we'll see what he's got in about a month.
3: Riley, uh, there was no sex appeal to Riley. I mean, it was uh, they—they had—I don't know—they—they they still kind of function like uh, that. That there's still some magic to the place, and that they, uh, you know, they don't need to be dynamic, and uh, they got to figure out a way to be dynamic with their next hire. Don't
2: you think? I think so, and. And bring back the uh, good football. I think, and, and I think it has to be. I think it'll be somebody established. It won't be an experiment. It won't be a coordinator. It'll be somebody who's actually done something. Um, you know, I really think Frost is, is, is at the top of the list. He's at the top of a lot of lists. Um, and you know, so there's a lot of hope that he'll come back here. He, you know, Tom Osborne is his idol, and you uh, know, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's like. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean Smith calling home, Roy Williams. You know, when Daddy calls, you kind of come home. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Now they didn't but,
3: like him when he was the fans didn't like him when he was there, though, right? He wasn't uh, he wasn't a good enough quarterback for him, right?
2: Yeah, I, 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 until he was. Until he went to Washington and won, and then he kept winning, and uh, and then he won the national championship. He gave the he gave maybe the best speech, uh, the most. The the best political speech in college football history uh, after the Orange Bowl that year. So um, everybody was, well, I didn't know we had it in him. So (laughs) it's all about winning, Pat. We, uh, you know, Tom, why Why didn't they take him last time instead of Riley? Why didn't they hire him last time? Well, I think because I, of course, had a better way, you know, and I, you know, and, Scott is very tied to the Tom Osborne uh, family and and a family of coaches, family of players, the, uh, the boosters, uh, the whole Osborne uh, tree, and uh, which is very extensive around here, as you can imagine. And uh, you know, I of course replaced Osborne, and that did not go over very well. And Tom wasn't ready to go, and it was kind of forced out, and so. Uh, I course and Osborne weren't really seeing eye to eye, um, but you know, Sean wasn't going to hire an Osborne guy to come in here. Oh, okay. And uh, you know what I mean. So, and Frost was sure as heck never coming back here to coach for I course. And so when he got fired in September, that was that was the big tip off. Okay, they're going to fire Riley and, and try to because they he they, they, could not. Trust, course, to hire another coach. Yeah, and, you couldn't have him and, hire
3: another coach.
2: And you know what? Riley is a great guy, great man. Everybody loves him. Um, yeah, but you know, they hired him to kind of change the culture and, and be the people are fan friendly. But guess what? The fans not wall friendly. They won't win. So <laughs> That's right. You can they, be a
3: you can be a complete field. jackass. You Nick Saban is the worst human being I've ever seen. And uh, who cares? You know. Hey, the Spielman kid. Do you like him? Man, he's a good little football yes. player, isn't
2: he? He's the best thing about this season. Yeah, he's been a great uh, pleasant surprise. We knew the kid had had speed and moves. He's got guts, and he's a football player. And they need a lot more of those kind of guys. So, um, you know. I mean, he'll be on display Saturday up there, uh, and, and I'm sure it'll be cold and all that fun stuff. But he's going to return kicks. They're going to throw him the ball in open space see see if he, he can outrun the uh, the guys rowing the boat.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he played in six A at Eden Prairie, which is you know our biggest class, and they're the powerhouse. But I had two coaches from. Big schools, you know, with a lot of good football players. Who told me that he's the best high school football player they've ever seen in Minnesota? So, uh, well, I, even, even at five yeah, foot, even at five nine or whatever he is, he's unbelievable. So,
2: yeah, he's 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 quite a package.
3: All right, hey Tom, uh, you coming up to uh, see us here? You're going to freeze to death, by the way. But oh that's yeah,
2: right. I, I, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm ready. We um, sorry, I you I got three daughters uh, and and. Uh, a wife who likes to spend money too. So we're uh, every two every two years we drive up and do a Mall of America deal. And I know it's it, it's a big cliche, but uh, you know we it's, it's a good family trip. Um, and I'll, I'll find a sports bar or something. Then I'll go to the game and I'll I'll probably write about about Minnesota winning or something. But uh, you know well, it's really going to be interesting because Nebraska can't stop the run and and that they, they can't run the ball. They're the, they're like they're like the Eric Coriel without Winslow and joiner. But they're uh it'd be interesting to see how all that happens. So but uh that'd yeah, be fun. I, I love that stadium. I love the campus, so uh it's always good to be up there.
3: All right, Tommy, thank you. Thanks, Pat. Uh Tom Chattel, columnist for the Omaha World Herald and uh I can't imagine
1: this is the trauma down there of the four home losses this year. Oh, four
3: home losses They've got to be.
1: You know what they need? Like what Mackie and Judd do with Packer Ventline? We need a Husker Ventline. Husker, Husker Get some Ventline. audio from Husker Ventline. All right. We'll
3: be back.
0: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now.
3: I've told you guys about being in grade school at St. Gabriel's in Fulda when they used oh, to yes. have us practice the uh, nuclear fallout yes. by hiding under our desks. You know, as as Suits says, when they hid, they hid us under kindling. Kindling. <laughs> kindling. <laughs> well, I think it might have all really gotten out of hand on November 7th, 1957, when the Gaither Report uh, came out. It was the final report from a special committee committee named by President Eisenhower to review the nation's defense readiness because we had fallen far behind the Soviets in missile capabilities. Oh no! And the Gaithel, a Gaither report. Uh, the Gaither. It was named by Ford Foundation Chairman Rowan Gaither. It was headed by him, and uh, it called for us to build more shelters, fallout shelters, and uh, start building more missiles. So uh, start making more missiles. We were a bit paranoid back more then. More fallout yeah. shelters. And you can still find them around oh, town. Yeah. They can still oh, God, find yeah. a fallout. How about a bar in an
1: old fallout shelter? Oh, craft. I bet there was some good stuff. How about a
3: craft <laughs> brew house in an old... Uh, I, think I like that idea. It. The fallout. The fallout, we call it.